0: Better Health begins at Tideland's Health, dedicated to keeping the communities we serve healthy and active. That's why we're proud to present our podcast series, Better Health Radio, brought to you by Tideland's Health. Here's Bill
1: Claproth. Every day we hear more and more about the coronavirus. So let's take a deeper look at the coronavirus, or COVID-19, with Dr. Roxanne Latimer, a family physician with Tideland's Health Medical Park at the Market Common, in myrtle beach so first off dr latimer is the coronavirus really new it seems like we've heard about a coronavirus years ago
0: the answer is both yes and no the coronaviruses are a class of viruses uh, that have been around for a long time Uh, the common cold uh, can sometimes be from the coronavirus but occasionally The coronavirus will have a novel one, and what that means is a brand new one will emerge in society, sometimes from animals to humans, which is pretty rare, and those tend to be a little more serious. So if you've heard of them before, you've probably heard of MERS and SARS, which caused severe illness in patients in the past, and those were also coronaviruses. So the one that we're talking about, COVID-19, is one of these new novel coronaviruses.
1: So since it's new, what are we learning about how it spreads?
0: So right now it is spread person to person contact. And what that means is just like a cold or the flu, if someone who's infected with the virus coughs or sneezes and some of the, we call them respiratory droplets, but some of that flies through the air and lands on someone's face or hands, and then they go touch their face, they can then become infected.
1: All right. So that's good to know, person to person. But in times like these, people don't really know. I did see on the news, people were washing down boxes that got delivered to their front door. So can someone get coronavirus from a package or product Ship from China or other places where there is an outbreak, people seem to be thinking that or asking that question.
0: So I'm sure that is a very large concern of people given that, you know, we're so global and we do, of course, receive
1: packages
0: from everywhere in the world.
1: Right, with Amazon on all of our doorsteps.
0: Exactly. So the good news for people is that there have been no cases whatsoever reported of. Uh, spread through contact with a package or an inanimate object. So that is very, very reassuring. And in fact, the coronavirus, as far as we know, can't live for very long on anything that it lands that's not alive or human. So, for instance, say somebody sneezed on top of a package right before it gets put in an airplane and shipped – That should just the regular um, environment and temperature changes and everything that it goes through would potentially eliminate the risk of that respiratory droplet from infecting a person. And again, the reassuring news is that no one has been diagnosed with COVID-19 who received it from an object. It's all been
1: person-to-person spread. So not a really big concern there about boxes or even things you touch, such as door handles or shopping carts. But continuing on with questions that people have about COVID-19, can the virus that causes COVID-19 be spread through food, including refrigerated or frozen food?
0: Again, the data we have right now is that it will not stay active uh, for a long time on an object, whether it be food or a countertop, keyboard or door handle. So we have seen no spread
1: through food. So then what are the risk factors and who is most at risk?
0: Good question. So the person that's at most risk of contracting COVID-19 is a close friend or family member of someone who's infected. Um, At this point in time in the United States, where the prevalence is quite low, most of the illnesses have come from people traveling from areas where the outbreak was much larger and close family contacts with those people. Now, it's possible that there can be community spread, and we've seen a little bit of that starting in the United States. So it would be coming in close contact with um, people who have it who may not know they have it, though luckily in the U.S. those numbers are extremely low at this time.
1: All right. Well, that's really good to know. And we've also heard that people that are elderly or people with compromised immune systems, those people are also at a higher risk. Is that correct?
0: Correct. So what has played out so far is very similar to influenza in a lot of ways, where the very elderly or the very young are at higher risk. And those who have already a pre existing lung condition that makes their lungs uh, more susceptible to infection or have a difficult time fighting infection. So, for the most part, what we're seeing is healthy people are uh, getting the symptoms similar to influenza and clearing those symptoms without serious complications.
1: So naturally, people are very concerned about this because there are a lot of unknowns, but podcasts like this are definitely helping. And a lot of people may be really worried, like healthy people are going to catch it and die as a result. So how likely is it that a healthy person catches this and dies as a result?
0: Very unlikely. I think the best numbers we have at the moment, and of course this is changing day by day, but the mortality rate that we have recorded is about 2.4% of the people infected. And understand that that may change significantly because we're not recording all those people who are having mild symptoms right now. But... Even in right now, the worst case scenario, that seems to be the percentage of people who are ultimately having a very difficult time clearing this infection. And again, they tend to be a more vulnerable population with pre-existing respiratory problems and uh, the extremes of age.
1: Well, those are all good things to keep in mind. And I know that we've mentioned a couple things about prevention. Can you run through that list again? What can we do to prevent ourselves from becoming sick with the coronavirus?
0: Certainly. So again, right now, it is only spread person to person. Um, As far as we know, we have seen no other cases of object to person infection. And the best way to prevent Getting the infection is making sure that you're frequently washing your hands and not putting your hands on your face where if by chance you happen to get some of these respiratory droplets on your hands, uh, you're not transmitting them to your face where you would be vulnerable to getting the infection. We recommend that you wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, and if you don't have uh, water and soap available at the moment, hand sanitizers are a good alternative, especially the ones that have high alcohol content, uh, usually about 60% or higher, which most, most of them do.
1: All right, that's very good. The message is very clear. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. If not, use a hand sanitizer with an alcohol content of at least 60% and avoid touching your face. Let me ask you this what's up with the masks? This is very confusing. We hear don't wear a mask, but then you see people with masks. And then sometimes when you go to the doctor, they have you put a mask on. So, What is up with the masks? What should we do?
0: I can completely understand the confusion there. So basically, if you're sick, you definitely, and you're going out to a public place like a doctor's waiting room or a place that you can't really avoid going to when you're really sick, then I would wear a face mask if you're really sick. The general healthy population probably are not really protected by the face mask because they're... Risk is really contracting it on their hands and putting their hands to their face. So walking around with a face mask probably won't protect you very much if you're healthy.
1: So that clears it up then. If sick, wear the face mask so you don't spread it. Correct. If healthy, no need to wear the face mask.
0: It's not going to do you much good. Correct.
1: All right. We're learning. This is good. So can you quickly go over the symptoms and then... What if someone feels like they have those symptoms, what should they do?
0: Oh, very good question. So the symptoms of coronavirus are very similar to the symptoms of influenza. Basically, fever, cough, congestion. If you're feeling short of breath, you're feeling that you're getting more ill than the normal cold that people get all winter long, then I would seek medical care. If it seems mild, similar to the common cold, then I would just stay away from the public and uh, do the normal things that you do to nurse yourself back to health. Uh, if you're feeling like th- you're short of breath, you have a fever, congestion, and you seek medical care, I would wear a mask when you go to see the uh, hospital or doctor's office. Usually, they'll provide one for you at the entrance of those locations.
1: All right, so let's just repeat that. Symptoms include fever, cough, congestion, and we need to be clear, for 80% of the population, symptoms will be mild. Is that correct?
0: The data that we have at the moment, that's exactly right.
1: Okay. Fever, cough, congestion. But if it's a high fever, if you're short of breath and those symptoms are severe, good time to see the doctor then. Absolutely. All right. So then as we wrap up, can you just give us your final thoughts about the coronavirus?
0: I would say, obviously, it is a very concerning infection and uh, it's being monitored closely given that it's new. There are some unknowns. We are finding more information about it on a daily basis. But at the end of the day, all of us know how to try to avoid infection and what to do when we're sick. So that doesn't necessarily change for this COVID-19 infection. Just remember to be very diligent about hand hygiene and not touching your face and use common sense.
1: Well, Dr. Latimer, this has really been informative. Thank you so much for your time today. Not a problem. Thank you. And that's Dr. Roxanne Latimer. And stay up to date on the latest with coronavirus and find more details and helpful tips at TidelandsHealth.org. That's TidelandsHealth.org. Dot org, And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Better Health Radio. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.